millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host, and we have a huge mongus show, a very Trumpian word, huge mongus show, but this is a really big show, um, so we're going to get kind of right into it, but before we do, I want to thank all the Patreon supporters. I really appreciate uh, you uh, contributing to the show. If you would like to contribute to the show, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt, pretty easy, um, kind of a little bit of unfinished business. Uh, there was, I was going to do a contest in December and I'm going to push that till next year, uh, 2019, January, just because I don't have enough time and I want to do it right. So, um, we'll still have one just, it's a little soon for me. So let's jump right in. Oh, I have to tell you, if you hear like a little boy screaming, which would probably sound like a little girl. From the next room, my kids are watching Ant-Man with my wife. It's my son's favorite superhero. He's never seen the movie before. He's very excited and has been very uh, verbose uh, with his his cheers and his questions and things like that. So just so you know, there might be little kids in the background. Like, I don't know if you can hear that, but he's very excited. So let's talk about EV news. Um... First up, we're going to talk about a Chinese automotive company that is calling out Tesla before they actually launch their new electric sedan. Uh, GAC Motors will have a new sedan. It's called the Aeon S. Um, its range is going to be 500 kilometers or 310 miles. It'll have level two assist. No word on pricing at this time. Um, it looks like GAC is a um, kind of like a legacy ice manufacturer of cars in China. I had never heard of the brand before, but it looks like they've been established for a while. Last year, they announced the GE3 all-electric crossover. Um, I couldn't find any information other than the fact that they announced it, so I don't know if it's selling yet or not. Uh, one of these good, uh, one of these, one good indicator that GAC is serious about electric cars is they built a six and a half billion dollar plant last year, and presumably that plant will be to build electric cars so we'll see what happens but uh, it's probably best not to throw shade at a competitor until you're actually selling a car just force of habit and then let's talk about this other thing Um, more than one car company 
we live in a world where more than one car company can exist. So there's no no reason to call things Tesla competitors or Tesla killers. Competitors is fine. Tesla killers or whatever. Because, uh, you know, yeah, everybody's going to buy. And I think I talked about this last week or the week before. Everybody's going to buy what they want to buy. Because, you know, that's that's how they are. So everybody, can, uh, a lot of people can compete in this market. And it's better for us, to be honest with you. Uh, next up is Chinese EV startup Leap Motors. They have closed, oh no, excuse me, they're, they have raised $290 million in an ongoing Series A round. Uh, the company has already has $62 million from Sequoia Capital, which is a U.S. venture capital firm. Um, but the funding f- from Sequoia came from their Chinese division. And unsurprisingly, they're going to use this money uh, to pay for development costs of their new car. Uh, the just kind of promotional picture video or no pro- promotional photo that I saw of the car. The car looks really fancy, but we'll see what actually ends up coming out of that. Uh, next up is BMW. So BMW announced a really cool looking EV with a horrible name, the BMW iNext. I think we can be done with the i this and the i that. It's kind of like a, a late 1990s, early 2000 form of branding. Even Apple is moving away from this type of branding. Um, and it's lazy and it's um, not creative. iNext. Uh, come on, that that sounds dumb. Um, like I, I'm standing at my eye desk, you know, it doesn't, it, I don't know. It's a terrible name. Um, but it's going to be built on a whole new platform and it looks very futuristic. It is a very nice looking vehicle, um, with a terrible, terrible name, but the specs are 435 mile range, which is really impressive. They're going to partner with Mobileye to bring level two and level four autonomy, which I think is smart. Uh, this car is coming in 2021, no word on price. It is a prototype, so we'll see what the final product looks like. And it probably looked nothing like, or very little like, uh, what they're announcing this week, but we'll see. Uh, kind of as a side note, I was driving down, uh, the 101 in Scottsdale on Tuesday, Wednesday, and, uh, i this car just kind of pulls past me and I was like, what the heck is that car? It was like, it looked really nice. And it was a BMW i8. And, um, I was like, holy cow, that is a, that is a beautiful car. Now that car starts at $147,000. So it had better be a beautiful car, but that it was really, really nice. Um, I tried to keep pace with him. He wasn't going that fast, but I tried to keep pace with him just to kind of get an item like staring at what the, what's in his car, what's around his car, the, the fit and finish. It was just, it was a really nice car. Um, let's see. Uh, so that was BMW. Next up, um, we're going to talk about a car, not a car company, but a battery company. So a startup from China, they think they have found a way to build solid state, solid state batteries at scale. So right now the problem is, is that, um, you can't build these at scale and you are that that means that the cost of them is going to be very high and the efficiency isn't probably going to be as good as it could possibly be simply because um they're very difficult to build at this size so uh queen tao energy i'm sorry we'll just call it q2 qte for now on development uh they have a new solid state battery 
production line, they can produce 100 megawatt hours per year. And by 2020, they'll be able to produce 700 megawatt hours. So this might be huge for this company if they can actually get this done. Uh, the positive thing about solid state batteries is they're more dense than lithium ion batteries. And from what I understand, they're more, they're safer. Um, but more density equals more capacity in the same size. So not many more details on this, but it's definitely something to watch in terms of batteries and battery technology. And then let's talk about GM. I'm sure everybody's heard about this story. GM is closing five plants in North America. So it's Canada and the U S and they're going to be eliminating 15,000 jobs, which is pretty significant and not great news. If you're an employee that's getting laid off or find out you're getting laid off, um, when Christmas is just around the corner, um, GM is asking approximately 18,000 employees to take an early retirement. I don't know if that's going to save these 15,000 jobs if they do, or if they're just going to, um, if they're just going, they're just asking, you know, technically they're saying, well, we need really need to get rid of 33,000 employees, but if 18,000 take leave, um, do an early retirement, then we'll be in good shape. Plus the 15,000 layoffs. I wasn't able to tell what this story was there. Um, but some of the good news is employees who are laid off will have an opportunity to shift to different GM plants, which might require them to move. And this is just kind of as a side note, I used to work for this fire department and, um, there were four guys retiring and they were looking at, um, laying off four new people because they had overstaffed and those four guys who were close to retiring, uh, they were, they were in the retirement age, but they hadn't retired yet. They took early, they, they left early so that those four new people wouldn't lose their job, which is exactly, uh, what should happen in my opinion. And that's, uh, that was a really nice thing that those guys did because they did sacrifice a little money to get that done. So maybe that's what they're doing with the 18,000 employees moving on though, with this GM story, um, GM will stop production of the Chevy Volt. Um, and they said that the ter GM said the tariffs on steel has already cost the company around a billion dollars in profits so far, which is pretty significant. And as you can imagine, uh, president Trump is not very happy about this announcement. He suggested, uh, that he may pull the, G pull GM's federal tax credits, the $7,500 tax credit that EV manufacturers get. Um, if he does succeed in pulling those tax credits, I think that's going to end up making, uh, creating more lost, not creating, uh, the, more people are going to lose their job. And then as a, a side note, um, that will disincentivize Chevy or GM, excuse me, from building electric vehicles. And I mean, just kind of in real world talk, I don't think he has the authority to do that. And if he tried to do it, there would be a lawsuit and the lawsuit would likely, um, succeed and he would fail at that, um, at pulling those tax credits or his administration would, um, several people have suggested that Tesla should buy one of these closing GM plants. I think that's a pretty good idea, although I'm not sure with how that'll work because the Gigafactory is in Nevada. The Fremont factory is in, um, in Fremont, uh, California. So they've already said that they want to start building the Model 3s and the Model Ys inside the Gigafactories. I don't know if the way that uh, 
these auto plants are set up, if that makes sense to put, uh, to retrofit them for building batteries and building cars. And as few cars as Tesla sells in the grand scheme of things, I don't know if that makes any sense for them to outlay that capital to do that because while they're barely keeping up uh, with demand on the Model 3, actually they're behind on the Model 3, uh, you know, at this point in, in time, they're, you know, about 7,000 cars a week. That That's not going to pay for a, new, a whole new plant. So, but I don't think that it's a bad idea in uh, as time goes on. Um, but right now, I, I don't think that's a good plan for Tesla. But it is a good plan for any EV company that's considering building their own plants. Let's talk about Nikola Motors. They're building their semis or Lucid Motors. I'd love to have both of those companies in Arizona, but it really does make more sense for them to just buy one of these GM plants and retrofit them for what they need. I think it makes more sense. They might not think so because I only have a small um, piece of the the puzzle. I only see a, I have a very myopic view and uh, people running those companies have a much wider and and fully thought plan than what I do standing behind this microphone at a desk. So, but VW, they're looking for a plant in North America to produce EVs, and that might be a good uh, option for VW for sure. As a complete side note, um, many of the articles I read for this story, they took pot shots at uh, President Trump. Now, I am not a fan of Donald Trump. Um, but the sarcasm and the childish, you were wrong, so now I'm going to act like a brain donkey and gloat in a puddle of my own self-importance. Tone that these journalists were writing it was very off-putting. Um, and these are journalists that I like and trust. Uh, I would just say, you know, state the facts. Don't be catty. Don't be um, sarcastic. And just leave it at that. It was It was very childish. And we have enough childish behavior in politics. We don't need it in uh, the tech and, you know, EV reporting. Let's keep it professional. Okay, Tesla. This is the only Tesla story that we have uh, for this episode. That's why the show is called Kilowatt and not um, Tesla insert um, adjective. Or, yeah, talking Tesla. That's an adjective, right? All right. Anyway. Um, which I love that show. I'm not knocking them, but it's called Kilowatt because I wanted to talk about other things besides Tesla. Um, okay, so it's pretty well known that Tesla has an insane work culture, and many people work out, or many workers burn out, excuse me. So those burnouts come from the line, the people actually doing the work, and the executives. Former Tesla chief accounting officer David Morton said that the pace of work was one of the reasons why he left the company. It's insane. Um, and Tesla has been accused of overworking employees, but despite knowing that Tesla, it's hard to work at Tesla and it, it's a great demand on your time. Um, they received more internship job and internship applications than any other company in 2016 and 2017. So that's, uh, for the academic year of 2016, 2017, that's pretty impressive. I mean, that has, you know, a lot to do with Elon and the brand itself, but um, that says something about the company. So young driven, young and driven applicants are clamoring, clamoring to work for Tesla. Uh, Tesla's mission to transition to sustainable energy, Elon's passion, passion and dedication, um, and his cult 
leader status, I'm sure, um, really um, appeals to these young folks who are working. Tesla also implements at breakneck speeds, allowing for instant gratification for workers. So I'll give you an example. According to one intern, um, the flat organization structure that Tesla has allows for employees on any level to be heard if they have an idea to improve the uh, uh, process. So this intern, uh, she had a su suggestion to improve Model 3 production. She gave a presentation to the team. The team liked her idea, and she thought it would be implemented in a week or two, but it was implemented the next day. So that's pretty um, pretty amazing, and that gives, as an employee, that gives that makes you feel like you're an important part of the company. Now, I'm sure there are people in Tesla that do not feel like they're an important part of the company. Um, but in this case, I could see where that would make you feel like an important part of the company. Um, and you know, again, Tesla is an amazing brand, so you can't, this can't, uh, there's a reason why there's so much buzz around Tesla. Now on the other side, uh, once you get older and you have a family and maybe it's just because I'm getting old, I mean, I'm 44 years old and, and like at, you know, I go to bed 10, 11 o'clock at night at the station, wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, ugh, I don't want to wake up. Wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's the next day is getting harder and harder for me to be a, um, a, a, a functioning adult in just, the, just because the lack of sleep. So as you get older and your energy wanes a bit, uh, this may not be for you. And that's probably why a lot of these executives are leaving. Plus you would like to see your family. Um, there is an importance of, uh, balance between work in your home life or just work in, in whatever your life is after that. It's not healthy to work all the time. And I'll tell you a little story. And, um, my friend, uh, Myron, who passed away of cancer a couple of years ago, I love this guy. Like a, he was like a brother, his brother and, uh, I and him, we were all very close. The bunch of us were not just us, uh, the three of us. Um, when he was little, he didn't know that he had a dad. Like he literally didn't know he had a dad. He thought that his dad was just some random person who occasionally came to dinner and then would leave again. Now, I can attest that his dad worked very, very hard. And I was around, not when Myron was little, little, but we were family friends uh, with their family. And I was around uh, for a lot of my younger life around these folks. And I didn't really have a full conversation with their dad until like I was in high school and I was working for him. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a pretty significant time. It's not like he's a mean guy. He's just a really hard worker, but for your kid and granted Myron was young, but for your kid not to know that he even had a dad because of, uh, because he was working so hard and gone all the time that there's something to be said for that. Um, and it's not, that's not a good something. So you'll never get that time back. And I know because I'm still very good friends with the family, I know that that's, well, I don't know. I feel like that must weigh on his dad now that Myron's gone. So I'm just saying, from my point of view, I would rather spend time with my kids, but I don't work at Tesla, and I work a job that allows me to have lots of time off with my children. Um, I am gone for significant amounts of time, but when I'm home, I'm home. So anyway, moving on. Let's talk about Rivian. 
This is the final story. What are we on here? 18 minutes? Good. Let's talk about Rivian. The LA show darling. The bell of the ball, Rivian. Now, they... Oh, hey. How's it going? Um, sorry, I'm getting alerts. They had a video of their, their product launch of the R1T pickup truck. That video was terrible. So um, I was hoping to pull some clips from it, but it was just journalists videoing from like their iPhone. So probably not something, the the audio was terrible. The video wasn't great because it was from the perspective of where the, where the journalist was sitting. And I appreciate the fact that they, they took those videos, but ultimately it just wasn't, um, it wasn't great to watch, but I did read a lot about this company. So they have the R1T and the R1S. The R1T is an SUV that kind of looks like a Honda Ridgeline. The lights are um, like vertical ovals. And uh, I thought they were sensors and there still might be sensors inside that area. I'm not too sure, but they are lights. Um, And then there's a horizontal light that runs across the, the front of the vehicle. It's about the size of like a Toyota Tacoma, maybe bigger than that. But it's not a it's not a big truck. It's not like a huge F one fifty or an F two fifty or whatever. It's just a, a normal, you know, small truck, medium sized truck. Let's call it medium size. So um, let's see. Uh, so let's look at the specs. Now the R one S, excuse me, is an is the SUV, and it shares a lot of the same specs as the R one T. So we're just going to concentrate on the R one T. For now, because that comes out in 2020, and I think it's 2021 for the R1S. Don't quote me on that. I think I've got that written down somewhere later in the notes. Um, But uh, the specs, because they're built off the same platform, they call it the skateboard platform. They're built off the same platform. The specs are very, very similar. So um, I was not clear. It sounds like there's up to four motors. Um, I've heard some people say that you can get up to four motors for the vehicles or it's just four motors, period. One on each wheel, which is insane. Um, Zero to 60 in 4.9 seconds. Uh, There's three different models that you can get in terms of battery packs, but zero to 60 in 4.9 seconds, three seconds, and then 3.2 seconds is the bigger battery pack. Um, in terms of charging, sorry, I'm trying to use the mouse on my computer to control my iPad. It does not work out. In terms of charging, it has an 11 kilowatt hour, um, kilowatt onboard charger. That seems way too low. That seems way too slow to charge at home with that onboard charger. For fast DC charging, though, it's 160 kilowatts, which is between 30 and 45 minutes about to charge it. So that's pretty impressive. It'll come in CCS. Uh, it'll support CCS charging, but there's no no word on which charging network they're going to use, whether they'll build their own or tie into Charge America or, or whatever. There's no word on that at this time. So the battery sizes, this is interesting. So there's 105 kilowatt hour, which that 100 is Tesla's big battery. So it starts at 105 kilowatt hours. Um, for that vehicle, the for the for the uh, SUV, excuse me, the S, it'll seat seven. Um, for 135 kilowatt hour, that'll seat seven. For the SUV, the truck seats five. And for the 135 kilowatt hour battery, that's the three second 
zero to 60 speed. And then you have the 180 kilowatt hour battery, but you can only seat five in that particular SUV. So interesting that uh, that bigger battery takes away one of those or um, two of those seats. So anyway, range range is going to range. It, range is going to range. Range will be from 370 kilometers to 640 kilometers, which is 230 to 400 miles. Um, in the R1. S, the 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 um, SUV. It gets that's the those are the numbers for the truck for the for the um, SUV. It's about ten more miles, so two forty, three ten, and four hundred miles. Um, in terms of storage, this thing has a huge frunk. I mean, it's really big, and it's got a powered front frunk uh, door hood. So that's awesome. Uh, it's got a gear tunnel that sits right between the cab and the wheel in the bend. And you can put, um, you can store gear, anything that's, you know, short enough to fit it between the, the, um, the length of the, the width of the truck. Man, I don't know where my brain's going. And then there's also storage underneath the bed where you can store an extra tire or whatever you want to store there. Um, it does have a panoramic roof, which darkens or lightens depending on the day and your preference which is awesome like i said the truck seats five the suv seats seven except for when it has the bigger battery it's got a beautiful 15.6 inch screen the instrument cluster screen is slightly smaller but it's still really big and it's beautiful i think it's 12 inches or something like something similar to that and then there's a 6.8 inch screen in the rear for the passengers who ride in the back so still all very beautiful in terms of the sensor package, it'll have level three autonomy, uh, GPS, cameras, ultrasonic sensors, radar, and LiDAR. No LiDAR bucket, just in case you were thinking that. It's kind of like bright down low on the grill. The cargo payload for this vehicle is 800 kilograms or 1,760 pounds. Now, I was like, well, let's look at the F-150, which is the most popular uh, truck in uh, the U.S. Right now, uh, the F-150, its cargo or payload is 3,270 pounds or 1,400 kilograms. So not quite as much cargo as the uh, biggest V8 F-150. If you look at the regular cab, the cheapest and smallest F-150, um, it still has, the F-150 still has more payload capability than the R1T. So, but the bed for this vehicle the R1T still seems kind of small. Far as far as towing goes, it can tow um, 5,000 kilograms or 11,000 pounds, which is pretty impressive. The biggest V8 F150 tows 11,100 pounds. So um, this thing really stacks up uh, against the the Ford when you look at the 11,000 pounds. Um, and the regular cab only. Uh, the regular cab F-150, excuse me, only tows 8,500 pounds or 3,885 kilo, uh, 3, kilograms. So pretty impressive. So this truck will easily, the R1T or the R1S, they will easily haul a toy hauler or a fifth wheel RV. Um, it could tow a mobile or a manufactured home by it, behind it. Um, of course, 11,000 pounds of concrete or garbage is pretty impressive if you're doing work with this truck and you're like demoing houses and things like that. 
and then construction equipment if you need to get your little uh, 11,000 pound piece of equipment somewhere this truck will get you there now again like i said the the rivian r1t is not a full-size truck it's like it's more like the size of a tacoma maybe a little bigger than that so pretty impressive specs considering that it's not even as big as an f-150 off-road you can drive through a meter of water or three feet of water it is it does an excellent job of climbing steep hills there's nice clearance some of the other cool features for this vehicle are outlets for power or, you know, power tools, outlets for power tools or whatever you want to use. There's some USB-C ports in there. Um, it's kind of designed for not only work, but m camping and adventures is kind of what their, their tagline is. Uh, it's got a built-in air compressor. It'll do over-the-air software updates. It's got recessed door handles, kind of like the Model 3. They're not hockey stick uh, uh, shaped, but they are recessed, kind of like the Model 3. Um, the charging port is hidden on the front passenger side of the truck near the front of the hood. It's hidden. Like when you close it, it's like, oh, that is, that's gone. Um, the front, the gear tunnel, and the tailgate are all powered. And the tailgate will not only... Um, will not only fold down to the point where it's it's parallel with the bed, it'll also go another 90 degrees or 45 degrees down. So it'll go, um, so it's straight up and straight down. And then these little footrests come out. So that's pretty impressive for the tailgate. Um, it's got a ventless HVAC system, kind of like the Model 3. It's got flashlights hidden in the armrest in case of an emergency. That is genius the just that attention to detail um you open the door and there's this little flashlight in the armrest and you i assume you push it to get it out it's just secured in there and then you have a flashlight that's charged and it uses the flashlights use the same technology for batteries as the as the vehicles as the trucks and the suv um the r1t it's going to start at sixty nine thousand. Uh, dollars, which is the truck, and go around a hundred thousand ish. I would guess that it's probably over a hundred thousand dollars for this truck. Uh, the R1S starting at seventy two thousand five hundred. Um, here's some just random tidbits about the company. They have great talent. So Mark Vinnels was a McLaren executive program director and the lead engineering team, um, and the lead he led the engineering team. Excuse me, and he's now at Rivian. And he brought more McLaren talent with him to Rivian. Uh, Tesla's chief designer, Franz von Holzhausen, stopped by to check out the Rivian. And this made a lot of news, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't make that many news, that big of news, because I'm sure he goes to lots of different uh, booths and checks out lots of different vehicles. But uh, there's pictures of him jumping in and out of this this vehicle. Right now, Rivian's raised about $500 million in funding. Um, it seems like they're going to need raise more, but they, this seems like a well thought out company. Uh, one of the problems I have are people are, are comparing, not comparing, they're saying, is this, is this going to be like a Faraday feature or a lucid motors Rivian is Rivian going to be like one of those two companies and Faraday future wanted the moon and was mismanaged. Lucid motors wanted the moon and had no money. So lucid motors now has $2 billion from the Saudis. I think it was, so yeah, they they 
they can start building their cars now. So we'll see what happens with Lucid Motors in a couple of years. But to, to compare Rivian, Lucid Motors, and Faraday Future, um, they're three different companies and with three different sets of problems. So um, like Faraday Future had a ton of money. It's just a very mismanaged company. And Lucid Motors has a great idea, and they're shooting for the moon. And they seem like they have a pretty well-managed company. They just didn't have any money. And Rivian seems like they're in a nice sweet spot where they're really well managed. They don't have a ton of money, but they do have some money. Um, so, yeah, um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's the whole show. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate it. I'm going to go take a shower and go take my wife to a movie. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Um, I'm recording this on Friday, so that's really exciting, back on a Friday schedule. Uh, Again, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I will talk to you next Friday, and um, yeah, one of those awkward sign-offs I don't know how to do. Just a big bozo when it comes to this stuff. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.